0: Hello and welcome along to the Southampton Audio Programme for today's fixture against Leicester City. In today's issue, we have a look over your opponents, and updates on the Southampton women's team, but first, a word from your manager. Dear Saints fans, welcome back to St Mary's for another exciting game as we take on Leicester City in the Skybet Championship. It feels like a long time since we last played here in front of our home fans when we enjoyed a good win over QPR. It was probably a day when the result was better than the performance, but we won the game because of our character and the courage we showed to keep trying to play the way we want to play, even when we had tricky moments in the game. To follow that up with the defeat at Sunderland was obviously hugely disappointing, but also a big day for our learning. Together, we have to make sure that's the worst day we have this season. It's been a long time waiting to react to that result, but tonight's game, live on Sky against a top team, gives us a great opportunity to put that right. I'd like to welcome Enzo Maraska, his staff and players, for a game I'm really looking forward to. It's two teams who want to dominate the ball and provide a good gauge of where we both are in our development. I'm pleased to have a settled squad now that the transfer window is closed. That first month of the season was always going to be tough for us to navigate with a lot of uncertainty, so to know exactly where we stand and be in a position to move forward together, as a group with 10 points already on the board, is a good place to be. We were delighted to get the two deals over the line on deadline day and to welcome Taylor Harwood-Bellis and Ross Stewart to the club. Taylor is a leader with experience beyond his years, including a lot of games in the Championship, which will help us. Ross is a forward player with tremendous athleticism, intelligence and goal-scoring ability, and we're excited to get him fit and start working with him on the training ground. Both players have won promotions recently in their careers, and that's the sort of mentality we want in our group. We march on. Saints suffer first defeats of 2023-24 campaign. Southampton FC women were subjected to their first defeat this season as high-flying Sunderland beat them by a single goal at St Mary's. Going into the game, looking to make it three wins from three, Saints were faced by an unbeaten Sunderland who had posed issues to Mary and Spacey Kale's side last season. Saints looked beats in the opening encounters, with the more physical Sunderland dominating possession all over the pitch. Molly Pike provided the only glimpse of anything resembling a chance in the opening 15 minutes, managing to get a shot off after turning from a throw-in, but the ball was far from troubling Claudia Mone between the Sunderland sticks. In the later stages of the first half, Saints began to look more like a team who had won their opening two games, with both Sophia Farah and Pike having opportunities before the half-time whistle. Sunderland, though, showed their intent straight from the start of the second half, shooting directly from kickoff. Ten minutes later, capitalising on a lethargic Saints start, Mary McAteer provided a searching cross into the box, and Jenna Deer timed her run perfectly to leave the Saints defence with too much to do as she slotted the ball past Randall to give Sunderland the lead. Saints were unlucky not to go level less than five minutes later, as Wilkinson found herself inside the box at her feet. However... Under pressure, she slammed her shot just wide. The home side went even closer through Morris shortly after. The pacey number two raced past her defender, tipped the ball round the keeper and shot from a tight angle. The ball skimmed across the box, evading all red shirts lurking and passing millimetres from the post. Lexi Lloyd-Smith was a substitute to enter the fray in the 60th minute, and Saints looked dominant for 10 minutes, but a number of chances went untaken in response. Mary and Spacey Cale provided more attacking firepower as Emily Craft replaced Katie Wilkinson in the 75th minute. But as the half wore on, it increasingly looked like it wouldn't be Saints' day because despite the home side creating all the chances, they arrived without the final product. Lloyd Smith went agonisingly close to equalising in added time as she reacted to an improvised ball forward and slammed goalward at close range, only to be denied by an impressive Moen save. Despite creating the better chances in the closing stages, It was Sunderland who came away with all three points, moving up to second in the table and pushing Saints to third. For Will Smallbone, memories of facing Leicester City come with a grimace two and a half years on from the most challenging time in his life. The midfielder playing the best football of his career and becoming an increasingly influential figure for the club he joined 15 years ago. Leicester, for me? Will Smallbone pauses for thoughts. It's a very sad time, a dark time in my life. Tonight's reunion with the Foxes, a championship fixture few would have predicted 12 months ago, leaves the Irishman with a score to settle. It was at empty King Power Stadium in January 2021 that he suffered an anterior cruciate ligament injury, every footballer's worst nightmare, and a 2-0 defeat that would keep him sidelined for nine months. There's never a good time for any young player to go through that. Smallbone was 20 at the time. But the sense of loss was heightened by the loss of something else. His hair. Alongside his serious knee injury, the youngster was diagnosed with alopecia. His world was caving in and COVID restrictions left him stuck inside, alone with his thoughts, without any form of escapism. The doctors can't say if they're linked. He was quoted in 2021, speaking publicly about alopecia for the first time. Because of the injury and the stress of being out for so long, they can't say if that caused the timings to line up. It wouldn't make sense for them to coincide. Mine was a gradual, steady increase of how bad it was. It started off as a really small patch of hair I was missing, which slowly grew and then eventually just started falling out from all sides. The doctor's advice was just to shave it, because eventually it was going to get that way anyway. Smallbone, he's not one to exaggerate. He speaks as he plays, calm and understated, but now he can reflect on it all, having come out on the other side. He recognises how tough it was, though. I think everything in that time just seemed to go against me. My knee, alopecia and obviously COVID. So I couldn't really do much. It was a very dark period for many people in terms of COVID, but especially for me having those big things, he says. I did feel very, I don't want to say down, but it was a very tough time. The most challenging time in my career. But I made myself very proud to come through that and still come out the other side playing football and enjoying it, hopefully with my best years ahead of me. I think it built up a lot of resilience in me, which I knew I had anyway, but maybe not as much as I thought. I think it's a lot of character building that it did for me. I wouldn't say I'm thankful that I had it, but maybe in the long, long run, it was something good to experience at a young age to then allow you to build whatever comes in the future. Having returned from injury in October 2021, Smallbone started only two Premier League games that season. His mind was made up. At 22, then he needed a loan. My aim, coming back for pre-season last summer, was always to go on loan. I knew from the season before, I felt I'd done well in training, but just hadn't been given the opportunity. So I said to myself that I just wanted to play games, and that I wanted to go on loan. As it happened, Smallbone was one of Saints' most impressive players that summer, but it did not change his stance, and it was right to trust his instincts. It just so happened that I had a good pre-season and then I went away. We changed shape a little bit in that pre-season and I remember the gaffer, Ralph Hasenhutl, saying to me, stay, because we were changing shape to three midfield and that helps me. But I remember I left and then within three or four games, it changed back to the other shape that didn't really suit me, so that was definitely the best decision I made. Smallbone will forever be grateful to Stoke City for taking me in when I needed it and giving him a platform to rediscover his confidence that had taken such a hit on and off the field since Leicester. He went on to play 43 league games for the Potters last season, more than double his Saints career tally, as his consistency made him a mainstay in the side and earned him a senior debut for the Republic of Ireland, a game in which he won Player of the Match award for his performance in a 3-2 win over Latvia. The last 12 months has been massive for me in my development as a player. I think going on loan to Stoke was massive for me. I can't thank them enough for helping me to develop, he says, quick to express his gratitude. I really enjoyed it. It was a good experience, I think, and it was different because I was playing every week and it was really good from that aspect. Also, living away from home, something new, something I really enjoyed. I'd lived in digs, but never actually away from the south, but I think it helped me grow up a lot. My girlfriend came up with me, so she made it easier for me to settle in and not have to worry about fending for myself too much. She does the cooking. She's good. It's a tough league. There's a lot of games. It's very gruelling. I found it's quite relentless, it's Saturday, Tuesday a lot of the time, it's a lot of grind and a lot of teams with different philosophies. Not everyone plays football the same way but that's the beauty of it, I think I learned a lot over the season, good and bad, and hopefully I can use it this season to my advantage. The idea that Smallbone went away to learn and improve his game with the only thought in his mind to return to St Mary's at the end of it is wide of the mark. Whilst rated highly by Ralph told the midfielder was not a natural fit for the Austrians' preferred 4-2-2-2 formation, and admits he was resigned to leaving the club he joined as an 8-year-old, even after Hassenhutel departed last November, was twice replaced and Saints were relegated. With the way it was when I left, from not necessarily playing as much, I would have hoped the year before, I think I had a mindset of potentially enjoying the change that I had and maybe trying to carry that on, Smallbone reveals when I came back I only had one year left and obviously with all the change going on with us going down, waiting to see who we'd bring in the answer was Russell Martin and Smallbone was instantly sold by Project Promotion from the first moment I spoke to the gaffer he changed my view heavily on that and his style of play and the way he is as a manager and as a person around the place I think it's really changed my view on being around Southampton and I think it's changed a lot of the other lads as well he says enthusiastically I was really excited to work with the manager. Having played against them, Swansea City last year, and their style of play, I thought it was something that would be really helpful to me. And yeah, it's only grown since I've come back. That belief and positivity in the side, and myself, I've really enjoyed it. The way he plays is very enticing as a player. I think it's the best football that a footballer can see himself playing, because I think everyone enjoys when they have the ball, and they can show what they can do, And I think that's exactly what Russell wants in his team. It's the same view I have on football as well. I've had great conversations with him. I spoke to him in the summer, even before I came back. And he said how he was looking forward to working with me. And ever since I've come back in from the first day of pre-season, I've really enjoyed the style of play. The football has just been brilliant. It's got a very positive vibe around the place here now. Obviously, I can't speak for last year. I wasn't here, but it's like negative energy around the place. Coming into this year with new people, I think was important, and for me coming back and seeing the change in everything that's happened has been a breath of fresh air. Smallbone started the season conducting Martin's midfield orchestra, playing as a number six in front of the back four. He was outstanding on the opening night at Hillsborough, completing 142 passes as Saints dominated Sheffield Wednesday with possession, eventually grinding them down to win the game late on. His injury in the second league game against Norwich, saw Smallbone sit out the wins over Plymouth and QPR, and he returned a more advanced role at Sunderland. Whilst the result ran away from Saints early on, interestingly, that position as a number eight is more to the player's taste and where he hopes to play more often. Last year, I played all the games as an eight, really, for Stoke, and I think that's where I do see myself in the long term, he explains, but I did enjoy at the start of the season playing as a six. That did get the best out of me. I think my best qualities and position... As an 8, and as the season goes on, I can show that getting forward and trying to create and score goals is something that I enjoy. I think an 8 suits me best, because as I drop deep to get the ball, or running behind as well, so I think that will probably be my best position. Before this season, Smallbone's last game in the Saints year came at Leicester on the final day of the 2021-22 Premier League campaign. The uncertainty that's followed was put to bed when the now 23-year-old put pen to paper on a new three-year contract at the end of August and Smallbone, fit again, is happier than ever in the red and white stripes. The summer departures of James Ward-Prowse, Theo Walcott and Nathan Teller have placed a greater responsibility on Saints' new number 16, or prowses former squad number, to inspire the club's promising next wave of academy stars, including Sam Amayor, Kamari Doyle and Jaden Mago last promotion and another crack at the Premier League is the long-term goal and the short-term Smallbone just wants to put his Leicester nightmare behind him once and for all I'd love to just play on Friday score the winner and never talk about Leicester and my knee again he grins for myself mentally I've already parked it and left it in the past but it would be a nice omen to score to have a good game against them and beat them on Friday time now for the local lowdown We asked Leicester City expert Rob Tanner, football writer for The Athletic, to preview tonight's game from the visitors' point of view. Leicester's relegation from the Premier League came as a shock to the football world. How is it viewed in the city? Just as much of a shock, even more so. I think there was a feeling that after the title win, consecutive European campaigns and the FA Cup win that Leicester were established in the Premier League. The club stated in its annual accounts that their main objective was to disrupt the Big Six, close that huge gap and qualify for Europe on a consistent basis. That is why the wage bill rose to the seventh height in the division and why they subsequently had to pump the brakes because they were concerned about UEFA's new FFP regulations rather than the Premier Leagues. The pandemic had a huge impact on the club as it stifled their revenue growth just at a time when they were showing great ambition. Usually, when a club is relegated, the fans can... Pointed at a lack of ambition from the club's owners, but in Leicester's case, the opposite was true. They were chasing the big six, but the problem is they are a moving target with their huge revenue streams and a global branding. Even so, with the quality Leicester had at their disposal, they, they should never have been in a genuine relegation strife. But the Premier League can be an unforgiving competition if you lose focus. How has the club navigated the intervening period and how much has the team changed from last season? They decided to have a completely fresh start. Former manager Brennan Rogers had already called for a squad refresh, but with 15 players departing and nine coming in, it is a total rebuild in as many ways. But with the appointment of Enzo Maresca, they've gone in a completely new direction. They've shown commitment to Maresca's approach and vision to the extent that two players they've recruited in January now didn't fit into the plan. Victor Christensen is out on loan at Bologna and Harry Soutar hasn't been included in a squad yet. How have the performances looked in the early weeks of the new campaign? Despite defeat to Hull City just before the international break, it has been the best ever start to a season in Leicester's history, with six straight wins in all competitions, four in the Championship and two in the Carabao Cup. But I think most fans will appreciate that this is still a work in progress under Maraska, and there are areas of their play that need refining. They like to dominate possession and push high up the pitch which can leave them vulnerable to counter-attacks if they get caught building from the back but it is a risk Maresca doesn't seem too concerned about as he is totally committed to his philosophy. How well equipped is the squad to mount a promotion push? I think they have done some good business but only time will tell how good the recruitment has actually been. Bringing Conakody and Harry Winks to England international straightaway was a coup Goalkeeper Mads Hermanson takes the sweeper-keeper role to another level and he was Marasca's number one target. Soresa Casade looks a real talent in midfield as well, but keeping Kelechi and Nacho, who is becoming their main man to the nine in Marasca's system, could be the best piece of business yet as he plays the way Marasca wants his main striker to, dropping deep to allow space for midfield runners to exploit. Having lost James Madison, Harvey Barnes, the question is do they now possess enough creativity in the final third? But they have recruited three wingers in Steffi Mavidi, Yunus Akon and Abdul Fatou. What do you expect from tonight's game? A good test of Leicester's development under Maraskas. So far, they have worn teams down and scored like winners in most games because they dominate possession for long spells. But so does Southampton. I looked at the stats from the first five games to assess Leicester's progress and noticed that the only team to have more passing sequences was Southampton. So it'll be two teams who want to dominate the ball. No side has done that to Leicester yet, so I'm intrigued at how they will deal with that.